Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chandler Monet, and today I have an amazing trailblazer with me. You guys, I'm telling you, this girl is insane. Hello. Welcome to the show, Sonia Lacoma. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to be on the show. I'm really excited for today. Um, you guys, she is a book fanatic, as am I. I'm so, like, when I was younger, nose in book always. So, like, this is really speaking to my younger self. Like, I'm thriving on the inside right now. Uh, but go ahead and tell us about yourself and what it is that you do. Sure. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. I do a lot of things. First and foremost, I'm the founder and executive director of a nonprofit organization called Brown Kids Read that I started in 2018 when I was 13 years old to motivate all children, but especially children of color to read more diverse literature. We have an online and pop-up bookstore called the Brown Reads Bookshelf. And through Brown Kids Read, I'm also the host of a podcast called The Book Junkie. Then I had done a lot of pop-up bookstores through Brown Kids Read, and people would always ask me, "Um, you're selling all of these other people's books, where's your book? So I decided to write one, and I am now the author of a children's picture book called Subi Sunny Smile. Um, And from publishing Subi Sunny Smile, I realized that the process was very involved, and I wanted to help other teens kids get their dreams and their messages out there. So I founded Share Smile Books, which is a publishing company. I am also a junior broadcaster and on the junior advisory board for a company called Kids Hub Media Network. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, the goal is to give youth a global voice. I'm the communications director for the local chapter of the Homeschool National Honor Society. I also play basketball. I love to sing, dance, and act. And just like you, my nose is always in a book. So that's (laughs) a true renaissance woman oh my gosh (laughs) like you guys I wish you could see like the faces I was making while she was doing that like I'm just like in awe of all the work that she's done and I'm so proud that you've been able to establish you know firstly your own publishing company hello when I write my book (laughs) I'm gonna need some help sister please and thank you Um, but that's like incredible so I'm so proud of you and everything that you've done um so like your nonprofit was a lot like mine when I started my own book club called live your future educated um and I want to know like what inspired you to start it I know for me like I just noticed that most people my age didn't really like to read they're like oh reading's boring I'm like I'm never more entertained when I'm reading you know so I wanted to kind of share that love so what was your kind of motif not motif sorry what was your like exigence in wanting to start your own uh, your own organization There were a couple of different aspects, and I'm just going to name the most important ones because I could talk for a million years if I were to go overall. But (laughs) the first most important reason is because I had a conversation with my friend when I was around 11 or 12 years old, and he's Puerto Rican. We lived in a predominantly white town, and we went to a school where there wasn't a lot of representation in the literature that was presented to us. And he was expressing this to me, and he was telling me how he rarely read books with main characters that he could relate to, main characters that he could connect to, and he wasn't really interested in reading about a bunch of people that he had no he, he could not 
connect to them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that was really frustrating and sad to me because throughout the entirety of my life up to that point, my mom had been intentional in providing me with diverse books, but also books that represented strong Black women. And when I say that, I mean, I was reading about like Michelle Obama, Ruby Bridges, Rosa Parks, Mm -hmm. uh, Shirley Chisholm, these strong women who were trailblazers in history. And it really helped my self-confidence and my self-esteem get higher and higher and believe in what I can do. So when I was talking to my friend, it was really upsetting and disturbing Mm because it's something that happens across the country and a lot of people are now focusing on the issue. But back then, it wasn't that big of a thing. And Mm -hmm. then through that conversation, I already had my first couple of businesses. I had a jewelry company, I had a face painting company, and I had part mm-hmm. of entertainment business. Right. And through that party entertainment business, I partnered with two other authors who wanted to throw an event at our local Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. So I had the event planning and they had the books. So we combined and we needed a name for the event and we called it Brown Kids Read because uh, that's the funny part about Brown Kids Read. It wasn't originally supposed to be a nonprofit, but right. yeah, at that event, we had story times. We had author book signings. We had this huge, amazing display of diverse books that I had helped handpick um, to show these kids that there are are stories out there and there are books out there that represent you. And my goal through Brown Kids Read is to make that a centralized place and to give these kids an opportunity to come somewhere and say, hey, I know I'm gonna find the book for me. So after that event, I was like, I need to replicate this. I had never Mm -hmm. been so excited about books and about reading as I had seen at that event. So I'd say the combination between the conversation with my friend and having that passion and that fire from being so upset about it in combination with the joy and excitement I felt at that first Brown Kids Read event really started me to turn it into a nonprofit. And then in December of that year, we became a 501c3. Wow. <laughs> Firstly, before I move on, you speak so eloquently. Oh my goodness. Thank like this, you. you guys, this is the result of reading and, you know, getting into new books and things like that. Expansive vocabulary. We love it. Um, but I'm so glad that you were able to go to your friend and realize like this representation has been like a huge issue. And, you know, for me growing up, I know this isn't a movie, this isn't a book, but uh, the movie, um, and Princess and a Frog, because I'm oh, yes. old enough to oh, know, yes. like, that movie came out after I was born. I'm so old. But, like, I remember when that movie came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, a Black princess. Because before that, like, I was in love with, like, Cinderella, which, which is nothing wrong with that. I still love Cinderella with all my heart. But it's kind of like, I see this, like, Black woman, and, you know, she's, like, able to experience this magical thing in her life. And, you know, like, it is like, you know, made me feel empowered. I'm like, oh my gosh, someone looks like me on a screen. And it's just as important that it's in, you know, the pages of the books that we read. And, you know, for African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, and especially Hispanics, as you were just talking about, these are the conversations that need to be had so people know that their, your representation is important and that if you don't see yourself in these types of rooms or in these books or like on TV screens and things like that, they won't be able to see themselves in those rooms as well. Exactly. And I've had that conversation with so many people in relation. I'm going to use Disney movies as an example because you brought it up and mm-hmm. um, Princess and the Frog. Little side note, but, but I've been obsessed with Princess and the Frog since I was younger. Same. And, uh, yeah, like it's I've, like a comfort movie. It's so good. It's so good. And the, it has top five soundtracks for Disney movies of all time really? but on top of that, like I would do musicals a lot when I was younger and almost there was 
always my audition song like always Aww. my audition song but anyway uh back to the conversation um, <laughs> you're all good talk about like how disney relates to the book industry and i'm going to explain how so when people, especially young readers, see representation in books, they feel excited about it. And even if they don't realize it, we are drawn to books that feature people like us or we're yeah. drawn to books that provide us an adventure. And that is literally all books. You're either stepping into somebody else's shoes or you're relating to your something inside of you that mm-hmm. you know, see reflected in the book in terms of Disney movies kids already see those movies as a source of entertainment so Mm -hmm. when they go and watch movies and let's just use um Native Americans for an example when they go watch movies like Pocahontas even though it's not completely historically accurate that's right conversation but that main character is on the front cover of the movie exactly he's on the front cover of the movie Princess the Fog dependent on the cover yeah Tiana's on the front cover but like my like part of my goal is to make sure that kids can see books as a source of entertainment because Mm -hmm. otherwise they're not going to be able to experience the joy of being reflected in the book so when movies like Encanto come out and you get to in the culture of somebody that you're stepping into their shoes I feel like books Mm -hmm. can provide that same experience so I just want to see more people excited about books because they're so awesome like they right exactly it just really really paints the story and you know growing up um as I was dancing and everything like that there was this one book that I picked up in my school library I can't remember the name of it now but uh she was like a poor girl and um you know she was like going through these experiences She's never danced before because she like you know, she grew up poor and like she ended up being this like big company. It was actually a really good book, but like, you know, she's being like my long brown hair or just like my blue eyes. And I'm like, I'm sure she was a very beautiful girl, but it's kind of hard to imagine yourself in her shoes if you can't like see that. And I don't know if you saw this new short that Disney put out not too long ago. I think it's called 21. It might, or something like that. And it was like this this animated story of this girl and her sister or her friend, uh, she was going out to the club for the first time because it was her 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was like a depiction. It was like a metaphoric thing of like these three kids. It was like a baby that was like, I don't know, one years old, a 16 year old and an 11 year old. And so I don't think that adds up to 21, but I think that was kind of the joke. But um, <laughs> it was just kind of like the story of like how these girls like all come together and like they had different hairstyles. Like one of the girls had like cornrows. The other one had, you know, like a little braided like into like a like a like a puff or something like that and I'm like I can like see myself in these characters and you know when you see that on screen when you see that in pages I really think that comes out and you know it makes people like you said excited to see more things like that um but I also want to know like your book your Subi Sunny Smile uh through your publishing company my goodness um like share you know like through like share smile books um tell us about your process like how are you able to set up your own publishing company like in writing your book so the publishing company and interestingly enough it's I kind of did it backwards because a lot of people make their publishing company and then publish their book but I Mm -hmm. had the right idea of doing it when I was already seven months into the process because I had seen that there are so many intricacies and a lot of people overlook how much work publishing a children's book takes all right see these big novels and they see all these other stories and they're like oh more words equals more work no love no (laughs) like children's books are a lot of work and I feel like 
uh, um, like teens and kids sometimes get frustrated or are pushed away from the experience because they either don't have the funds to start or they're having imposter syndrome and mm. they don't feel like they fit into that realm, whether it be because of age or lack of experience, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. I started my publishing company because I wanted to give that platform to kids. But in terms of the how, I already had a lot of knowledge about the publishing industry. And I also have another company called Sony Speaks, where I help teens start their own businesses from the ground up, help them mm-hmm. with the financial planning and figuring out how they can get the funds to start it and Mm -hmm. one of my biggest messages through that is to do your research and make sure you plan ahead so when I'm when I started this publishing company I didn't really have to intentionally do research because I've been working with authors closely Mm -hmm. I've been working with publishers through my podcast for the Mm -hmm. last like four years. So I had that experience. I had that knowledge. Um, I'm moving towards being able to use the word expertise. Um, right. We'll see. But <laughs> no, you're, you're there. I, don't worry. <laughs> thanks. I like using that knowledge I had from Brown Kids Read, which is why I'm so grateful to have it as a platform and as an opportunity for me to have built these skills over the last couple of years, especially being an entrepreneur throughout all of my teen years, it mm-hmm. has definitely helped me toward the endeavors that I'm going going to in the next couple of years. So for Share Smile Books, I'd say that the how really came from the knowledge I took from Brown Kids Read and working with independent authors specifically mm-hmm. um, who were the featured authors through my nonprofit. Right. And you, I think that's insane how you're able to, you know, collaborate with these other companies and like get into like Barnes and Noble and like speak in front of these kids and show them books that show their representation and doing so realizing that you wanted to write your own book and that you wanted to do it through your own publishing company, which I think is insane. And like, I'm so glad that you're able to come on and talk about your experience and things like that. But you also remember, uh, mentioned like how difficult that might be, um, just like imposter syndrome, which I think almost every entrepreneur ever has experienced. And, you know, just trying to make sure that they know what they're doing because no one really knows what they're doing in this kind of world. I'm telling you right now, everything's just kind of go with the flow. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you know you were sharing that and you're like trying to get a little bit more vulnerable in that sense. But we can get into that right after this break. Thank you so much, Sonia, for joining me this far and we'll be right back. Awesome. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. This is Sydney Trelawney, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. 
We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Son Yu, and she's talking about her experience, you know, starting her own publishing company and writing her book. Proceeding, we're going to be talking about how like teen entrepreneurship has probably affected us in some negative ways. So uh, you mentioned imposter syndrome and just how some things like get in the way and how you said publishing a children's book is just as hard as like publishing like, I don't know, like a Harry Potter novel. So, you know, like, let's go into that. What what has been your experience in being a teen entrepreneur? Yeah, so there are so many different highs and lows that come with being a teenage entrepreneur. And in reality, in the grand scheme of things, there really aren't that many of us. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the fact that it can be hard to kind of find a community. And I was having a struggle with that this school year because I had a monthly, you know, SAT season. Me too. <laughs> exactly. SAT season, like um, grades, because junior year grades are very, very important. When people said that junior year was going to be hard, I this, like, this like blew it out the park. I was like, no way it was supposed to be <laughs> Exactly. I, I miss, I, I underestimated it. And like, on top of that, it was the first school year where I had to balance book promotion, book events, Brown Kids Read events, Brown Kids Read promotion, uh, basketball, public speaking, like everything. It right. just was really heavy on me. And I felt like I didn't really have that many people who understood. And mm-hmm. the only people who truly did understand don't live near me because exactly yeah like I feel like I I feel like I would be really great friends with certain people that I see on social media like I know you you live in uh Maryland yes ma'am you live in Maryland there's another one who lives in North Carolina there's someone who lives in California like they live so far from me right like you guys are so awesome and you definitely understand my struggle and it's just it feels kind of isolating at times but on the other side it's like it's so fulfilling to know that you're investing in your future. Exactly. Oh my gosh. You are literally taking the words in my mouth. Exactly. Right. Like now, uh, and this even happened today, I was going over my high school transcript because, you know, Common App and all that. Oh Um, my gosh. Don't get me started. (laughs) Yeah. I was going over Common App. I was looking at my extracurriculars and I was like, yeah, this is pretty nice. You know, Uh paying off. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a balance, I would say. Also, in terms of teenage entrepreneurship, there's a lot of stuff going on for teenagers in general, even if you're not an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. adding on all these entrepreneurial endeavors, you're basically, you basically have a nine to five without having a nine to five. Exactly. You work for yourself, but you're your own boss, you're your own publicist, your own everything 24 seven. And while it can be fulfilling, it can also be pretty stressful. So mm-hmm. that's why I really emphasize scheduling and making sure that you take time for your mental health and mm-hmm. take time to make sure that you're focusing on yourself just as much as you're focusing on other people and that you're not pushing your own feelings and emotions aside to just progress forward. Right. But yeah. really you're taking two steps forward and one step back if you're not taking your taking care of yourself as much as you're taking care of your image so teenage entrepreneurship there's a lot of different sides there's a lot of different pros I wouldn't say there are as many cons because it's just really awesome but yeah it's it's a double-edged sword at times I would say honestly like 
And it's so refreshing to hear you say that. And it's so true. Everyone else that I've met that's like a teen entrepreneur lives so far away. Fortunately for me, though, I did meet one of them, I believe, was it two days ago? We both went on a college tour to Howard University. <gasps> oh, my so gosh. Cool. Really? I went, there, I went there a week and a half ago. Why didn't you say anything? I was, oh man, I wish I could have went, man. I, Howard is my like number one top pick. Oh my I God. It, it, it's like, it's one of my like top schools now because like before I was kind of like, uh, because like I also like wanted to be a dancer, but before I w- didn't want to do that anymore. I was kind of like, what else can Howard give me? And so I was like searching it. I wanted to study communications. You so I was looking into, are we the same person? <laughs> I, that, this is exactly what I'm talking about, though. Like, finding those people who you can really connect with, like, like-minded individuals is so important, especially as teenagers who have, we have, like, a work schedule. Like, exactly. we have obligations, deadlines to meet, and it can be frustrating when I have, like, my other friends who don't really understand that, and they're like, exactly. why can't you call me today? Exactly. Why can't and then like, I feel like terrible. Cause like, if my friend is like, you know, like going through something, I'm like, I want to be here for you. But like, every time you text me, I'm away from my phone for like four hours at a time. It's kind of like this terrible balance. And like, you know, when we do all come together, you know, it's great. And Danny, because I know like, I need to party hard because I'm not going to sure <laughs> when, when's the next time yes. we'll be able to hang out all together again. Um, but that is so refreshing to hear. But like I was saying, like I was talking, I met Finally, one of the people that I had on the podcast, um, her name is Bianca and she's lovely and she's the same boat as we are. Uh, she has her own uh, nonprofit business and um, called Simply Be. And oh, she was yeah, just explaining. Yeah. Right. And so she was just explaining her process as to like how like she's up at like 2 a.m. like making butters and things like that and like up again. And she also does volleyball and she's great at it. And it's kind of like, how do we balance all of these things? People at school call me the next president of the United States and like, that's a high honor thank you. But that's way more than I need to handle. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just, re- it's just, uh, if I had to describe it in one word, it would be a lot, but a lot. If you know how to handle it right. You know how to handle it right. And it really does pay off in the end. Like now that I have all of, and, and, and another thing that's great about it is that you can set these goals for yourself that exactly. are just, it seems out of reach for like for other people for small minds for us it's reachable it's attainable right like my goal from when I was 13 years old I was like by the time that I graduate high school I want to be featured by Essence magazine and last year they I like I like submitted to be featured for this um conference slash summit that they were doing with Girls United and mm-hmm. I got accepted and I got a video and article feature by Essence magazine like you go girl what? like thank you yeah like I'm so <laughs> I'm so grateful because it, it the work paid off like if I hadn't done Brown Kajid, if I hadn't done all my speaking engagements the broadcasting the late nights the staying mm-hmm. up to write bios about people and other authors like I wouldn't have been able to have that opportunity. So even exactly. if you're people listening, if you're hesitant about getting into the entrepreneurial world, but you feel like you have the drive and the mindset to do it, just do it. Right. Literally, it's all about diving in. Like, you don't know if you're not going to like it until you try it. Like, because it really is not for any, everyone. Like, mm-hmm. like me being like at a college preparatory school, having podcasts, dancing five nights a week, like it's a lot. But when you learn to know that like, this is something that you're passionate about and that it's worth it, which is one of the things that like, honestly keeps me going. I'm like, I'm going to graduate high school with high honors and start living my best life right afterward. Exactly. So if I can determine that I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, it'll suck, 
but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, just trying to keep a positive attitude and making sure that you're keeping your mental health in check. So I want to know, like, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're staying in a positive mindset? Well, a couple of things that I do, and one of them is kind of more on the business side and the other one is on the personal side. I try to put every single thing on my calendar as much as possible so that I don't forget anything, so that I don't double book people. I hate like making that mistake. It feels like mm-hmm. the biggest embarrassment in the world. I hate double booking, but um, just to make sure that I, that's the first step in the process for me. Then mm-hmm. on top of that, I like to make sure that I take time for my friends and my family. I mm-hmm. also really love myself a nice night under my covers, watching Netflix and drinking a nice bottle of yes, water. Um, your favorite show. What's your favorite show or movie? Oh my goodness. Okay. I would say that my favorite show is The Office. I also love Arrested Development and Superstore. And I actually have like a list of my TV comedies that I love, but oh, oh, and New Girl. New Girl, I, I haven't gotten into New, New Girl. New Girl is so good. I know, I just oh. haven't started. Did you watch The Office? I watched some of it. It took it off Netflix, Netflix before oh, I could yeah. finish it. They, ha- they actually have it on Peacock. They have it on Peacock. Really? And, yes, I might have that. They put more seasons on. But yeah, The Office is my favorite show. Um, anyway, back on track. <laughs> currently, currently I'm on se- uh, episode four of the newest season of Stranger Things. So I am trying to finish Listen. that. Listen. Okay. Last thing before we get back on track. But like, okay. I could not get into Stranger Things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because we're being like seventh grade when it first came out. Yes. And it took so long for them to come up with last season. And that's the thing. Like, I feel I completely understand when people can't get into it because I'm shocked that I like the show. Like, it's a very good show in my opinion, but at the same time, it's an acquired taste. Like, you have to like that kind of show to watch that kind of show. Yeah. Most of the time, you'll usually catch me watching Criminal Minds or watching YouTube videos about true crime. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. very into true crime and I spend a lot of time listening to court proceedings and <laughs> about disturbing topics but absolutely I like it so <laughs> I know but like obviously that shows that you have like a set kind of base into like this is what I like and this is what I do to kind of detox from all the craziness that is yes. that being a teen entrepreneur so I'm glad that you have that <laughs> yes I like to just listen or sometimes another thing I do to like relax and a lot of people wouldn't consider this relaxing but I will listen to videos about marketing strategies and um social media promotion how to build your personal brand stuff like that it's kind of common wow. to me because I'm I know that I'm an audible learner but at the same time I can absorb the information without consciously trying to absorb the information mm-hmm. so I'll just play it in the background you know if I'm cleaning the living room yeah <laughs> laying down just listen to yeah something about marketing I love marketing. that's funny I would not but good for you. <laughs> I'd rather take a nap. <laughs> but um, I'm, again, like all these things that you have piled up and that you're able to, you know, seclude yourself and be able to like make sure that you have time for yourself and listen to those marketing videos, you know, at your own leisure. <laughs> um, but again, so proud of you and everything that you do. Um, I want to know like what kind of impact do you want to have on the world? Oh, what a good question. What a wonderful question. I would say that my impact, my main goal for any kid that sees anything that I do is for me to be a positive role model to them and to be an inspiration to them. And this is where I really get into like how important it is for me to 
keep my image up as a positive role model because I know that I'm black. I know that mm-hmm. I'm female. I know that I live in a society where both of those demographics have disadvantages. And I know that I have been pretty much working my whole life to deny the stereotypes and to work against what people may have in their preconceived notions of me or what my capabilities are. So mm-hmm. I would say that like, and, and I'm even currently writing my next book called Chi Chi's Toothy Grin. And mm-hmm. it's about this girl um, who plays basketball and she's underestimated. And that is personally my experience. I've been playing basketball since I was 10 years old. And, mm-hmm. wow. you know, it's been a lot. I mean, basketball practice every night, basketball practice, um, games, tournaments, all of that. And I've been immersed in the world, but I've also seen the other side where there are guys who completely think that I can't shoot, I can't dribble, I can't do anything at all just because I'm a girl. Exactly. And that's kind of a a demonstration or an allegory for how it is for my demographics my whole life. Not only am I a black and a female, but I'm also dark skinned with 4C hair. And like even within the black community, there are people who will discriminate against me for those things. Exactly. What is what is the issue? Like exactly. Like how am I supposed to change the things that I was born with? Exactly. Like I just don't get it. So overall. My goal is to be a positive role model, whether it be through some kid who watches me playing basketball. You know, I'm not the best out there. I'm 4'11", and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But <laughs> I'm like, sure great. Even if they, like, see me on the court, I'm still going to have energy, and I'm still going to cheer people on, even if we're down by 60 points, which has happened before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if that's the case, like, I'm still going to try to be positive if they see me doing a speaking engagement at their school talking about how I wrote my book and how I started a nonprofit, I'm going to be positive about it and I'm going to encourage them for it if they see me doing a poem or performing a piece at a rally I want to be a positive influence for them and I feel like they're are so many out in the world right now but still there aren't enough and I feel like more teens need to step up and realize the power that they can have over the generation coming behind us because those kids really do look up to us and I even know this and all of everybody in our age group should know this like when we were five six seven eight those teenagers who were present in our lives whether you like them or not you did look up to them and you Mm -hmm. like a lot of us tried to be like those older teenagers Mm -hmm. who were in our lives so I say just take that and run with it because that's what I'm doing I'm trying to make sure that my younger sister and my younger brother and all their friends and pretty much every other younger kid that I know sees me as a positive influence so that's my goal (laughs) and you're doing well obviously you know just like trying to show them like the right way I'm putting that in quotes for you guys just listening but like the right way on how to you know like be an upstanding young adult and things like that because that's like how we're like all learning to get there and just like the things that you're exposed to and like you said like it starts young well, I remember I was in third grade not third grade fifth grade and we were reading this book we were like my teacher was reading it aloud and this girl was playing basketball in the story and my teacher stopped and she was like boys how many of you guys think that do you guys think that the girls can play uh, basketball well? And all of them were like, no. And you know, like at the time it was normal. We were all like, ah, like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, girls rule, boys rule, like things like that. Like, 
Mm-hmm. But little did me know that like that was kind of a sodomistic view is going to carry out through the rest of our lives. So when we do when we do end up being like, actually, you know, I think I'm pretty good at basketball. Guys are like, you know, they'll laugh in our face. But if we say anything about them, they get all yes, kinds they lose of like, their mind. Suddenly it's the end of the world. You know, the ground is collapsing. The sky is falling. Exactly. Everything's wrong if a girl is better than you. Like that even happened to me at a basketball camp. I was um, and here's the thing. My sister and I and two other girls were the only girls in a camp of over 65 people and wow. we had to scrimmage with the boys and we were um I was on offense and uh, my whole team was boys and they would not pass the ball to me that's my Same own thing team. they don't do then, that either right then the defense wouldn't even take me seriously they wouldn't even defend me at all just because I was girl so yes I did dribble and I did shoot and I did do what I could. All of a sudden, when I defend these boys better than any of them can, it's, it's, you know, they're triggered. They're upset. They're Uh worried. Nothing's going right in their mind. And it's a fluke or it's, Oh, Oh, it's just luck. luck. Exactly. Just luck. Mm. Come on now. Mm. You don't recognize the talent. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much, Sanyu. I wish we could talk for longer. I'm having such a wonderful time, but I'm so proud of you and everything that you do. If you could go ahead and let my listeners know about how they can reach and follow you and purchase your children's book. Yes. So my websites are sanyuspeaks.com and brownkidsread.org. If you would like to reach out to me on social media or see my portfolio regarding my book, uh, my regular life, whatever it may be. Um, (laughs) Sonia Speaks is my personal page. So you can find out about all of my entrepreneurial endeavors on there. And if you're looking for guidance in terms of starting your own business and or starting your own campaign for something that you're passionate about, I can definitely help you out. I would love to help you out. I do free teenpreneur consulting. So just shoot me a DM or sign up for the email list in my bio, and I will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. If you want to check out my nonprofit organization, go to at Brown Kids Read on Instagram. That's where all of that stuff is. And if you would like to check out my children's book, that is Share a Smile Books on Instagram. Um, if you go to my website, sonyuspeaks.com, you can purchase my book. You will get a personalized signed copy if you purchase it on there, along with a children's picture book. They come, I mean, uh, um, along with a coloring book, they come in a bundle. But if you want to buy it on Amazon, you can get it on Amazon too. It just won't come <laughs> down. I sign it for free. So that's where you can reach me. But if you are interested in becoming a teenpreneur, I totally suggest reaching out on Sonny Speaks on Instagram. Lord have mercy. You guys, free consult. Like, what? Yes. You guys are already going to hear like how put together she is. Imagine like people would be like charging like $150 for this kind of stuff. Yes. If you don't go and attack this right now, <laughs> my goodness. But thank you again so much, Sonia. This has been a wonderful conversation just talking about your success and everything that you do. As long as like your slight Stranger Things addiction. But hey, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me and thinking to my listeners. And this is perfect timing. Stay with